0: This podcast is brought to you by Ceridian. In human resources, you have to be compliance people. But you get into the business because you are people, people. You have to comply with labor laws for different employee types, locations, and situations. And the rules keep changing. Is there a system that can help you simplify compliance so that you can focus on people? Yes, there is. Ceridian's human capital management software helps you stay ahead of compliance challenges. Visit ceridian.com HR to learn more. Ceridian. Intelligence at Work.
1: Around, I mean, June or July of of last year, in the middle of COVID, um, I gathered my HRYs team um, for a backyard social distanced gathering um, to talk about what 2021 was going to look like for us. And honestly, all the topics that came out were personal. They were personal to us. They weren't necessarily, you know, which market are we going to hit and, and what industries? And they were just like, who do we want to work with? We want to work with clients who care about specific uh, themes and, and you know, charities and, and that kind of thing. And diversity was one of the things that really connected my existing team um, to each other. Um, and we decided to drive that way, to start talking about it, to not be afraid of, of having opinions.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Hacking HR podcast. Diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging are perhaps some of the most important conversations that HR leaders, HR professionals, and basically every company in the world should be having right now. It's not a new topic, but it's been put on the table recently with way more strength than before because of all that's been going on around the world with uh inequity and inequality that has been unearthed by COVID, the Black Lives Matter movement, and Me Too movement in the United States that has, of course, escalated around the world. So these are very, very powerful conversations that we should be having. So I'm very happy to welcome Sally, who is passionate about driving organizational growth through identifying great candidates for each key role in the organization, but doing so keeping in mind all that is related to diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. So Sally, welcome, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, thank you, thanks for having me.
0: Well, thank you so much, it's a, it's a privilege to have you. And let, let me just start by, by asking you th- this question. Why, why, is, why, why do you think diversity and inclusion has become such an important uh, topic of conversation and action in the workplace? In, not only in 2021, it's been going on for a few years now, but 2021 seems to be like the year of this conversation.
1: Yeah, I think it's a mix of a lot of things. You nailed it, uh, worldwide events that that surfaced, not that started happening, but really yeah. that surfaced because they were always happening and we just weren't paying as much attention as we should have. Um, so around, I mean, June or July of, of last year in the middle of COVID, um, I gathered my HRY's team Um, for a backyard social distanced gathering um, to talk about what 2021 was going to look like for us and honestly all the topics that came out were personal they were personal to us they weren't necessarily you know which market are we going to hit and and what industries and they were just like who do we want to work with we want to work with clients who care about specific uh, themes and and you know charities and, and that kind of thing and diversity was one of the things that really connected my existing team um, to each other um, and we decided to drive that way to start talking about it to not be afraid of, of having opinions um, I think we were all raised to think that business is business um, and I'm trying to kind of challenge that and say you know what no nope, business is actually personal we're all humans behind all of this and as humans, we uh, have a social responsibility, um, and and that's where I think the conversation should begin.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, y- you're saying something that that is so powerful. Uh, in the past, we we may have considered that businesses should be caring about business and nothing else, but now we see a wave of organizations, especially private organizations, taking a stand. And a stance on important social and political issues going on in the world, like here in the United States, uh, you know, with the uh, uh, many, many, many states are trying to pass laws that prevent people from voting, and we see private companies now saying, "You do that, I'm out of here." Right. So, I, I think I think organizations have are 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 becoming much more. Uh, in, are, in sync if you will with the realities of 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 society and the world so so let me ask you this how how do you think we should act on diversity and inclusion because this this is a very important question to me and probably for the audience as well because very often we talk about it but when we go to the action the gap is as big as the gap in the workplace when we talk about diversity equity and inclusion yeah so how do we move from talking about it To acting on it?
1: I think the first shift actually has to go from embracing it to promoting it. Mm. So, and when I say embracing it, is, you know, even internally amongst our team, if I bring up diversity or if I had brought up diversity a few years past, the response. And not negatively so, but the response would have been look around Sally, we're so diverse already. And so I think a lot of people have that hat on of like, hey, we're in Canada, we're international, we've got so many diverse hats. But We need to shift now from embracing diversity to promoting diversity, so how are we going to go one step further and rather than simply welcoming those who apply seeking out those who do not have the opportunity to apply, so I think that's that's the shift that we have to start by making being aware that. You may be very, very diverse already, and that's a wonderful place to begin. Um, but actually, the, the diversity topic is about going one step further with regards to your social responsibility and actually seeking out further diversity. So, for example, um, you know, uh, we talk about diversity, and the things that come to mind are women in the workplace, yeah. gender in the workplace, and uh, culture in, in the workplace, nationalities. Um, we don't often talk about age. Uh, So, you know, and when we do, it's about people coming out of school that maybe don't have as many opportunities as someone who's more established, but we don't often talk about people who are close to retirement and and their likelihood of getting an important job. Um, We don't often talk about schooling. So if your job description says that you require uh, a university degree, it might. It might actually require a university degree, but be aware that what you're creating there is injustice because uh, you are closing the door to everyone who perhaps didn't have the opportunity to even get to the level of going to university. So if you have two jobs there and 50% of that job does require knowledge from a university degree, that's awesome, but is there an opportunity to shift that so that you make one of those jobs fully university required and the other 50% combined it into one job that is not university required. So now we're, we're creating a job that opens more doors and then where do we go seek them out? So um, not necessarily posting universities, where are you posting where people don't have as many opportunities? So to answer your questions, how do we do that? The very first step is shifting from embracing to seeking and promoting diversity. And after that, finding the gaps within your
0: organizations? Sally, the, the concept of seeking diversity is, is really powerful. And I am thinking that it's not just seeking diversity outside of the company, but very often inside of your own walls. Companies don't seek diversity beyond what we consider diversity as in gender or ethnicity or you know, backgrounds. But the diversity of the conversations that should happen in the should happen in the organization to solve some of the complex problems they have, and seeking that is equivalent to being intentional about building that diversity. And very, op- very often, you don't see that happening. You know, you 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 want everybody to get aligned with whatever you want to do, and that's pretty much it, right? So I think that as as you start seeking diversity outside of the organization, also to bring, you know, diverse a diverse workforce, you got to leave those values within the organization as well, because then, you know, otherwise you're going to be bringing diverse talent and they will be gone in down the, down the road in a year after they were hired because they find, you know what, I am a Latino or I am a people of color or person of color. And I got into this company and my voice is never heard. Right. So they talked about diversity as in let me find diverse candidates, but when it comes into the culture of this organization, it's like very one-sided, right? So how do you combat that? How do you, how do you fight not only seeking diversity outside to bring diverse candidates, but also to build a culture that values diversity?
1: I think that all starts with the recruitment process because one thing that you mentioned is is the word intentional, which I yeah. think is super important in everything that we do. So it's it's being intentional in the recruitment process as well as throughout the onboarding. And when I say the recruitment process, um, and I'm learning every day, uh, I don't think any of us are perfect, but but when I hired one of my employees a a few years back, um, I was talking about hiring for quote unquote culture. And uh, her response was, "Ah, I don't love that. And, and I was like, really? Okay, challenge me. What is this about? Why do you not love that? And she goes, because there's, there's this perception of when you're hiring for culture that actually all you're doing, you might be hiring diverse profiles to your point, but you're fitting them all in the same box. So their personality, they're driven, they're this, they're that. When in reality we all work entirely differently. And just because one person is less outspoken than another doesn't make them less um, contributed to your organization, less powerful, less smart, it doesn't matter, right? So so she really kind of triggered me there to be careful with uh, my words when we say we hire for culture. So it's actually, it starts at the recruitment process. It's making sure that in the recruitment process, we are mindful that just because a candidate does not behave one way or another does not mean they will not be able to contribute one way or another to the organization. And then once they're within the organization, it's having outlets within your organization that promote that kind of um, uh, contribution. So an example is we've got something called the center of innovation. And our center of innovation is where we cook up ideas and 50% of them fail and the other 50% don't, they succeed. They turn into HRYs as an example. Um, But the point is there is somewhere within the organization where where people of any level are welcomed and asked to come up with ideas that could be uh, efficient time savings or they can be the next line of business or whatever it is, but it's creating opportunities within the organization Outside of the realm of the person's current of the the uh, employee's current job, to challenge the employee to think outside the box, and then you can start hearing voices in different ways. And of course, we always have different um, channels, making sure that you've got you know your CEO on board, that he's the biggest culture champion, that he has conversations with employees of all levels, that doors are always open, um, and that you're really kind of abolishing. Uh, those hierarchical perceptions that make it so that some people may never be heard
0: yeah i i, I, I love all that you said there's so much to unpack there and <laughs> you know we're, we're getting close close to the end of our conversation but uh, you know w- you said something that, that i that i think and and feel because of my own background and, and some of the experiences that i went through as a as a professional in my career you know those creative outlets they, In my view, um, and you're validating some of that is they are a fantastic way to, to live in the values of diversity. It is telling people, you know, we're going to have, we're going to find the spaces for you to come up with the ideas to maybe experiment and test with some of those ideas and be okay if they fail. Just learn from the experience and grow from there and also be okay if you now have to take on another project that came out of your or somebody else's idea. I think that is so powerful. And, you know, I, I went through experiences in my career where all of those, uh, you know, all of those outlets were generally shut down and the organization was like, you know, we are a diverse organization. No, you're not. I mean, just posting that you are seeking diverse candidates, that's not enough. I mean, you got to leave those, uh, those values within. So Sally, let me ask you this question to, to wrap up our conversation. If there was one thing that you could tell HR leaders, focus on this one thing. I know it's, I don't want to oversimplify the world, but you know, the bandwidth for everybody's is, it's limited, right? So if there was one thing that you tell HR leaders, focus on this one thing. And if you get it done this year, will have been awesome for you as an HR leader and for your organization. What would that thing be?
1: That is the hardest. <laughs> Question. Um, <laughs> it's a trick question too. Um, so I, I will generalize it, but it'll still be one thing. So I challenge every HR professional out there: once they've looked inwards and saw what their their population looks like, um, it is to see where am I lacking and go find them. Mm-hmm. So not just post a job on your website waiting for passive candidates. Mm-hmm. If you are mindful. And and I will admit that we are mindful, for example, um, that perhaps we could do more for the Aboriginal community. If you're mindful that there is a group that is absolutely not represented in your organization, make an effort to go seek out that specific group and you will be amazed at the synergies that will be created by seeking out that group and what that group when they join you will do for you um, to expand and help you expand diversity. So that would be my one challenge to HR professionals.
0: I, I love that. And I have seen some organizations explicitly saying, we have this position and it's for a woman. You know, guys, we know you're great. Don't apply because this won't be for you. This is for a woman. I, I love that. And now you got to dig a little deeper into that, right? I mean, uh, a woman of color or a woman from, you know, X region of the world that you don't have represented in your company. So I, I absolutely love that. Sally, thank you so much for spending this time with me, with me. Great conversation.
1: Thank you. It was great chatting with you.
0: Thank you. And thank you, everybody. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Hacking Nature podcast. See you all soon. Thank you everybody for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.